Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for March 4th in the year of our Lord 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide, and the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips, we reject revolution, stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Normally, we do a recap. Today, we flat out don't have time. Too much news everywhere going on, but if you want to check out yesterday's show, LibertyRoundTable.com or loving, LovingLiberty.net gets that done. Kurt Crosby with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. All right. Before election results, Tennessee is under a state of emergency after deadliest tornado I guess day, uh, tornado day in seven years. So they've had them before. They've had them plenty of times. But Kurt, deadly and devastating big time in Tennessee. And I guess it's over to what? Nashville, Tennessee? Not the uh, you know place we usually go, but it's more east, right? That's the way I understand it. Nashville, something like 24 people died. And uh, I mean, that's way more than the coronavirus got so far. Yeah. Anyway, our prayers are with all the folks in Tennessee suffering. And it's a sad day. But, you know, God's in charge of the weather. And I pray that we all can pray for those folks in Tennessee. And, you know, we can turn to God is all I can say. I'm not here to say that, you know, they got attacked because they're worse than anybody else or you know, that it was a retribution for anything. I'm not ready to make any outlandish statements, but I do know if we turn to God, we'll be blessed. And I know the more we can turn to God and repent and change, and the more protection we'll receive, Kurt. It's that simple of a discussion. And I'm not trying to make it controversial, but I do want to point out the way of solution. I want to point it out clearly every time. All right, anything else on that? All right, Sanders wins California. Biden I really Texas can't think of anything else to add on the gentlemen. Nashville yeah, thing. But, okay. uh, we're, we're on to Tennessee you know, now, uh, or we're on to uh, the election. I know, I know, I know. I just was trying to think if there was anything else. I mean, there was a cool drone report, I guess, where that followed the, you know, the uh, tornado around, I guess. That would be kind of cool to Storm watch. I didn't see drones. it, but, uh, yeah, uh, anyway. Yeah, you got to hunt down that Seems video, like. buddy. We're into reality TV these days, man. If it doesn't, you know, if it's not gnarly, you can't even, like, pay attention, you know? Great point, yeah. All right, anyway, Sanders wins California the biggest prize, but Biden wins Texas and nationwide. Biden surges on. A couple of details for you. Record-breaking turnout in the state of Utah. Sanders decisively wins Utah. Over 5,000-plus people attend a rally for Sanders in Utah as well. Kurt Sanders was there. Do you want to respond to that? Well, I will just say I'm grateful I wasn't there, um, you know. And, uh, you know, at least if you're talking about uh, responding to the whole nation thing of the Democratic Party, uh, you know, uh, delegate count or whatever like that, I I, I agree with um, 
the president's assessment that the uh, insider Democrats are basically doing their best to take Bernie out. And uh, I uh, I mean, I'm looking at the numbers from Breitbart to say that uh, delegate count for uh, Super Tuesday, uh, Joe Biden's got 453, Bernie's got 382, Elizabeth Warren at 50, Mike Bloomberg at 44. He, he wins uh, American Samoa, spends $500 million. Uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, that's out has got 26. Amy's got t- seven, and Tulsi Gabbard's got one. So, I mean, there's your numbers so far. Yeah, so the people that are out aren't making much difference. In other words, it doesn't really matter where the delegates throw because they didn't have enough of an impact to matter. Sanders wins California and Utah, but... You know, it was a record-breaking turnout in Utah, and I find this interesting. Over 5,000 people attended a Sanders rally in Utah, Kurt. Utah's flat-out gone socialist. If I tried to have an event, I'd, I'd be lucky to get 20 people there, buddy. You know? Well, I think uh, what you've got there, Sam, is basically, uh, you know, um, almost uh, what he does. Typically, he's got a musical uh you know, genius or whatever there at the event. So it's kind of like a free concert and you get uh, people to show up for that. But he did win Vermont as well and Colorado uh, to go along with uh, yeah, Utah, Utah Vermont, Colorado. He won three states and over nine went to Biden. It'd be but four I... with Colorado. Okay. So what are they? California, Utah, Colorado, and Vermont? Four. Right. Yes, sir. All right. And all I can tell you is that I'm just shocked, though. A socialist. I mean, he's flat out of promoting socialist communist principles everywhere he go. You know, Bernie Sanders, over 5000 plus people turn out to just a rally, Kurt. And then overwhelmingly, they support Bernie. Um, No one was even close to Bernie's turnout. Right, Kurt? You mean uh, turnout in Utah? Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody else had a rally in Utah that I know of. I mean, I know Klobuchar showed up, but right after her event, uh, then she dropped out. out, So, But but I'm just saying that overwhelming support for communism and socialism burning in Utah. Over 5,000 people attend a rally, and then, hey, he won in the elections handily. I mean, it wasn't even close in Utah. They call it a record-breaking turnout. Sanders decisively wins Utah is kind of the point that I'm getting at here. Bloomberg well, yeah, and but Biden tied the point, way at behind. least. Okay, I got you. But if you're just talking about Utah Democrats, which is basically an endangered species uh, in Utah, um, you know, at least for the Democrat Party, because, you, you know, you go through the list of what the Democrats hold in Utah, it's pretty slim. You know, I understand. They do have a congressional candidate. I understand. They have uh, what? A congressional candidate. That's right. They've also got a senator, kind of. Well, yeah, good point. (laughs) But your point's well taken that it's a sliver in Utah. My reason to bring it up so much, though, is to say that, you know, in Utah, even the Democrats were somewhat conservative in days gone past. Now, maybe not conservative to Republican view or mine in your view, but compared to the Democrat field as a whole, Democrats in Utah were fairly conservative. Now they've taken an extreme bender to the left, which I find interesting. Uh, And I think a lot of it has to do with the younger generations being taught in government schools to flat out be socialist, Kurt, and they love those principles. As long as you don't push the communism point too hard, you stick with the socialism branding of communism, then uh, it sells pretty well, sadly, even in Utah now. But, man, you know, we had an event, Kurt, we had like 20 people or something like that. They have an event, over 5,000 people roll in. So 
you know. Uh, anyway, they say 2020 Bernie is losing to 2016 Bernie, Kurt, and that's the reason for the change. Do you believe it? Well, um, you know, like I mentioned, I, I think what you're really seeing is, uh, as the president's uh, analyzed it, is the uh, takeout of uh, Bernie Sanders by the uh, insiders. I don't know exactly what the 2020 versus 2016 Bernie thing really means. Well, they're just saying that Bernie's got a lot less support in 2020 than he had in 2016. So 2020 Bernie is losing to the 2016 Bernie. See, I don't believe that. I believe, along with President Donald Trump, that it's a takeout move even more than last time. It's not really Bernie's doing less good or whatever you want to say. Um, It's that the takeout's even stronger because they know this is the line in the sand they better draw or they're going to have to do some greater shenanigans down the road. So I don't think it's the 2020 versus 2016 Bernie like they say. I think it's Donald Trump's point is, is spot on. And I think there's a difference between the two. They're just making like, oh, San- Sanders beat himself last time. No, 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 no. There's greater manipulation this time than last time to stop Bernie is the point. And Donald's pointing that out. And I think he's right, Kurt. Now, the question becomes, is Bloomberg ending his campaign Reassessing after dismal performance. That's in the news, too, Kurt. What do you say to that? Will he be out in a couple of days? You know, uh, I don't expect he will. He's got too much invested in this thing. Uh, I think that he's going to do what he can to uh, buy. uh, I mean, he's already spent so much money, not on only on this campaign, you know, half a billion dollars. uh, But he also, you know, he's put his money where his mouth is uh, and where many of uh, other, uh, well, Americans' mouths are uh, buying up, uh, you know, attorneys general, uh, different things like that, or Congress people, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, admitted to that uh, recently. Uh, you know, he knows that money yes. is what buys access. And, and I don't know what his agenda is, Kurt. So if his agenda is accomplished, he might bow out now. Uh, the agenda could be the following. I know I can't win this go round, but I've changed the game and now I'm a household name because of my dollars. Secondly, I have stopped Bernie. And given the the uh, inside Democrats there, you know, road to quote victory. So I'm kind of a, a golden boy to them now. Uh, and, um, you know, I've set the stage for myself to be able to run, um, you know, later, maybe now he's too old might be the problem. But uh, anyway, I find that interesting Has he accomplished his goals, which would be let's trash Trump uh, with big money. So it's, you know, everywhere. And then let's make sure the insiders win. Uh, has he done his job, Kurt? Or is there more to go with this, you think? Well, the other thing that uh, might be a part of it as well, you know, like your your analysis there is, uh, you know, uh, I mean, a guy like uh, um, Bloomberg has a lot to lose if a guy like Biden, uh, not Biden, but uh, Bernie gets in with the whole uh, taking from the rich, you know, and uh, passing it out. So. Maybe that's another part of this picture. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. I look at it and I think he might be out. He might have accomplished his goal. Keep the insiders in control. Uh, Promote his gun control agenda. Trash Trump. Stop burning. Maybe he's accomplished his goal. Liberty Roundtable Live. Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. 
we present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements, and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to GiveMeLibertyFund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com. Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. Kosher. Certified. Put the two words together to get co-certified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S-H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters S-C-H still make the shh sound, as in all those American food producers saying, shh, let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified. Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this, the Co-Certified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities. And it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC, not kosher certified. Now to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name. And that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior, thekosherquestion.com. Hard to tell what the inside bureaucrats are going to do, but Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas, <laughs> loses Massachusetts, her home state, Kurt. Is that the nail in her coffin? Well, not literally, folks. I, I'm talking electorally, right? Let's not get crazy now. Kurt, are you pondering that question? Is that what's going on? Say it one more time. I was hearing the music pretty loud, and I couldn't hear the... Um, All right. I well. said Elizabeth Warren lost her home state of Massachusetts. Is this a death nail in her coffin? And then I said, not literally, folks. I'm just talking electionally. Or what? What would the word electorally, be? Electorally. Yeah. Electorally. Yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah. Um, Do you think this is the nail okay, in her coffin, so, electorally speaking, Kurt? Well, I... You know, it looks to me like she's a goner. Um, and... Um, I, I think she's running for VP now. Um, you know the, uh, so that they could have a woman on there. Although I think uh, you know there's, there's some truth to the idea that they want to have a, a what minority woman uh, that would be the running mate. Well, you know, Pocahontas so is a minority woman. She's got like less than one oh, percent right. Indian yeah. man. I like how the president says about her. It's just, I've got none, and i got more than she does. Yeah, good point. It's just too much. Anyway, so I don't know what's going to happen to Elizabeth, but losing your home state is pretty brutal, dude. I'm just telling yeah, you right now. It's Al Gore rough. did that a long time ago. Yes, he did. You know? And all I'm telling you, though, is it sets the stage. I think a couple of people are going to have to bow out here pretty quick. <clears throat> and I think Tulsi Gabbard, although I probably, out of all the Democrats, I kind of like her the best, Kurt. Isn't yeah, she the one from Hawaii? Right. If I was forced to vote for a Democrat I'd, that I'd is in there, then I would choose her. Because yeah. at least yeah, she understands Hawaii. that we want to get out of war. Yeah. And she's more candid than most, by far. Uh, and so there mm-hmm. you have it. 
Hillary hates her, so we kind of like her. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, anyway, I just point. find that interesting. Now, I don't know what's going to happen, but here's the next question. So Super Tuesday triumph for Biden sets up a one-on-one battle against Sanders. Reuters with that piece. What do you think of that idea, Kurt? Is that, uh, you know, what you see? Super, super Tuesday. You're seeing the battle between Bernie and Biden. Well, so Super super Tuesday triumph for Biden, because he really won. Yeah. I mean, I know he lost California, but for the most part, he got more delegates and pulled ahead because of his, what, nine-state victory deal? stuff. Yeah. Texas. You know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, so with right. that in mind now, it's really a one-on-one race between Biden and Sanders, right? That's the way I see it uh, there. You know, you could say the insiders and outsiders of the Democrat Party. But I don't know. It's we got to get Kurt excited. I think he needs a big old dose you of know. raw honey. Come on. Uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. And I think that we got to have this <clears throat> this race, but I, I don't know. It's a one-on-one man race if nobody else jumps into the ring. And here's what I'm convinced of. When the insiders were concerned that Bernie might take the cake, then they were going to do whatever it takes. Now I don't even know if they need a brokered convention. Kurt, all they got to do is coalesce behind Biden. And then all they got to do is what um, Bush did to Reagan back in the day, which was all you got to do is put somebody else they like better on the ticket than even Biden. And, you know, Biden can go out and say stupid stuff if he wants to. (laughs) Behind the scenes, they'll have their person queued up, ready to go. Uh, What they've got to do is pick a young enough candidate to see long-term results, Kurt. Uh, Any thoughts on that? So you don't think that uh, you'll get the uh, B&B boys, uh, Biden and Bernie, being president and vice president, do you? I doubt it. I think they're too far apart. And I think Bernie wouldn't stand for it. I could be wrong, but Bernie's too old now anyway. I mean, Biden's younger than Bernie, isn't he, Kurt? Yeah. So Biden's the youngest of the three of Bernie and Bloomberg, and, um, you know, the youngest of the three. I don't really see any of them being long-term. Biden might have it now because they have no other way to stop, unless they put a younger candidate on the ticket, like a Michelle Obama, like maybe a Barack Obama. Like maybe, uh, you know, who else could they put there? What young person could they put there? Any any other thoughts? I yeah, I mean, you know, they might uh, draft AOC uh, if they want to try to get the uh, Bernie crowd and uh, yeah, there you go. You know, the young folks. Uh, but uh, I mean, uh, I see it as just a. You know, flaming, just going down to defeat by massive. Um, well, you might amounts. be right. There might be a landslide for the Donald in this one. Hillary Clinton, Kurt, is playing the unifier, not the divider, just like Barack Obama. Hillary Clinton not planning to endorse any Democrat vying for the White House, sir. So what do you think about that amazing, ambivalent uh, Hillary? Individual. I, I think it's a... Uh, you know, I'm I'm like the bumper sticker used to say, Hillary for prison. You know? Amen to that. Speaking of Hillary for prison, the judge, federal judge now says Hillary must answer more email questions, Kurt. What's up with this? Well, I mean, uh, Sam, I mean, you mentioned it yesterday uh, uh, about how... Uh, you know, there's nothing going on about the whole Hillary thing. World Net Daily's got this piece. Um, you know, he's subheadline, as you said. Uh, well, I mean, the subheadline to it says there's still more to learn, and well, I believe that big time. Um, 
you know and so i mean wouldn't it be nice if somehow justice was served in the uh, clinton case you know yeah, and like some say the lot. wheels of justice yeah. grind slow, but sometimes they just grind so slow, I can't even tell they're grinding, Kurt. That's right, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, I'm grateful that we're going to dig into this more, because I believe this is criminal activity. That there, was never anti, or there was never any real transparency in terms of, of you know, disclosure, and there was never any accountability for this, Kurt. Zero. I and, guess, I, and I think that's uh, got to change. The thing, uh, details behind this, uh, you've got um, Judicial Watch, you know, still working on this whole deal. And uh, I guess this uh, particular judge uh, has ordered uh, Hillary to answer questions from lawyers from Judicial Watch uh, who have uh, poured yet more fuel on the longstanding controversy over Clinton's uh, private server. You know, we're talking about that private email server um, involving official business while she was working as Secretary of State under Barack Obama. Uh, they say... Uh, this controversy dealt her uh, candidacy for the uh, White House in 2016 a fatal blow. That's what the CNBC piece says. Uh, I, you know, I'm not sure about that, but uh, it, it didn't help. I know that. Uh, so this judge is Royce Lamberth. Um, he says it's time to hear directly from Secretary Clinton. He said in his order issued in the U.S. District Court, Washington, D.C., um, and Judicial Watch is there suing the uh, State Department over its handling of searches for Clinton's emails. Um, you know, I'm, I've been an admirer of Judicial Watch for a long time and continue. Uh, he went on to say the judge did uh, as extensive as the existing record is. It does not sufficiently explain Secretary Clinton's state of mind when she decided it would be an acceptable practice to set up and use a private server to conduct State Department business. Uh, I guess it, his order limits questioning of Clinton to, quote, her reasons for using a private server and her understanding of state records management obligations, end quote. Well, I have one response. So, I pray they're successful. And yeah. getting to the truth and creating accountability. And if, you know what, if real criminal activity has taken place, which I'm convinced to date that it has, that, you know what, we prosecute to the fullest extent of the law, Kurt. And that might mean Hillary. That might mean some of her staff. It might mean all of them. I don't know. I'm just telling you, I want due process even for Hillary. But I do want transparency and accountability. We've got to restore trust in America. Good point. I think that's yeah. a critical thing. Tom Fitton, the uh, president there of Judicial Watch, said uh, we're pleased to finally be able to depose her directly on this. Uh, and they said that testimony from others has revealed that Clinton was cautioned, quote, half a dozen times about these issues, end quote. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, hey, maybe maybe there's a little something happening there. Well, we're praying so. All right, telecommuting. Yeah. Uh, the rise of telecommuting is in the news because of the coronavirus, et cetera. And they say working from home, not such a career risk anymore, Kurt. Well, I remember when it seemed like, you know, I, years ago you brought this up and, uh, you know, it just seemed like it was such a, I don't know, a non 
kind of thing back then. Uh, but yeah, everybody thinks I'm a non kind of thing. I'll think I'm a real thing when I'm dead, Kurt. Uh, then they'll realize, I, hey, I he actually know. knew what you, he was talking about been, a little bit. You know, you've been uh, saying the right stuff for a lot of years, and so. Uh, but when you really talk about. Uh, all these ways to do meetings and things like that that you can do them remotely uh you know i don't see why uh everybody doesn't uh, what embrace that so much more especially like with all the big government school buses and stuff that we wouldn't have to have <laughs> running around. all right let's talk about it ladies and gentlemen sam mccurt on your radio the land you're listening to liberty news radio usa radio news with chris barnes so i'm here to report we are very much alive Super Tuesday proving to be a super day for former Vice President Joe Biden and his campaign to win the Democratic presidential nomination. And make no mistake about it, this campaign will send Donald Trump packing. Biden declared the winner in the Texas Democratic primary and eight other states, Texas being the second biggest prize in the Super Tuesday primaries with 228 delegates. The biggest primary of the day was California with 415 delegates. Senator Bernie Sanders appears to have won there. He's also the projected winner in three other states. The clear results still pending in Maine, where the race between Biden and Sanders has been too close to call. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Hello, this is Wayne Allenrood, relentless conservative warrior, middle-class warrior, and always Trump warrior. I have a message for my fellow patriots across America. President Trump is making America great again. He's the only president of my lifetime who is keeping his promises, and his biggest promise is to build that wall. President Trump can only do it with our help. If Congress won't fund Trump's wall, we will. President Trump is one man against the world, and what globalists and socialists around the world want is clear, open borders. It's time to take a stand. We either build a wall, or it's the end of the greatest nation of world history ever blessed by God. That's why I founded the Root for the Wall PAC. 63 million Trump voters together will raise the money President Trump needs for the wall. Anyone who donates $100 or more will get a beautiful commemorative wall brick. Display it proudly. Call 844-ROOT-WALL. That's toll free. 844-ROOT-WALL. Or go to rootwall.com. We will build this wall together. Call 844-ROOT-WALL or go to rootwall.com. Root for the Wall PAC. Paid for and responsible for the content of this message. Not authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. Rootwall.com. Last night, despite no big wins in the Super Tuesday contests, Michael Bloomberg was talking positively to his supporters. Clearly, Trump is scared stiff of facing us, and for good reason. But reports are Bloomberg will be meeting with campaign advisors this morning to reassess whether to stay in the Democratic race. Senior campaign officials telling NBC News that no decisions have been made. Bloomberg did fly to New York late yesterday. He currently has no public event scheduled for today. Most of the devastation and death from yesterday morning's Tennessee tornadoes is in Putnam County, Tennessee, about 80 miles east of Nashville. At least 18 of the 25 people killed and about 90 other people who were injured were in Putnam County. As of last evening, nearly 40 people were still unaccounted for, but authorities say they don't believe all of those people are dead or even missing, but just haven't been in contact with loved ones. And you're listening to USA Radio News. 
Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, working from home is becoming more and more and more of an in thing. I've been talking about it for 25 years. And um, believe it or not, it's so popular now, Kurt. Even Forbes magazine has a thing called the 10 best jobs working from home. That comes from Forbes. Remote work from home jobs, indeed.com. Um, 10 plus jobs working from home, career builder. I mean, it's everywhere, Kurt. So we're gaining on it. Yeah, and in this, uh, I agree. And, uh, you know, it seems like it'd be the ideal time for the, uh, you know, folks, especially the big government folks, uh, to embrace it because of the whole uh, coronavirus uh, scare and then all the, uh, their love of the planet, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, their concern about uh, pollution and things like that. I mean, uh, you, you you sure think that you'd see that, but, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be happening. But anyway, in this uh, piece of World at Daily, it says, Rise of telecommuting, working from home, not such a career risk. Uh, subheadline, some workers are reluctant. Uh, and this is uh, Dateline uh, Troy, New York. They talk about uh, the Lally School of Management at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. Um, and uh, they said they got a recent study from those guys that may ease some concern for both employees and employers alike. Essentially, the new research shows that telecommuting does not necessarily hurt one's career. So... Um, I mean, I don't know that I thought it would have hurt before anyway, but uh, they say the study used actual corporate data on promotion and salary growth of 405 employees to evaluate the impact of telecommuting that it has on their career trajectories and looked like it was okay. Yeah, some of the interesting things about this is before they just didn't have studies on it. People were worried, how do you determine if somebody's really working? How do you make sure somebody's yeah. putting their hours, not just kind of hanging out watching Netflix at home? Because that da, never da, da, happens da, da. That's at, correct. Uh, you know, work. I mean, everybody's always focused. On, oh, big time. Uh, well, know. they've actually done studies over the last 25 years since <laughs> I've been working on this, Kurt. You know what the new studies show? What, you, get you get a whole lot more work done at home than you ever got done at work. Because, see, when you go into work, you come in, you hang out with the first five or ten minutes and kind of greet everybody and get all set up and... You know, you got to spend an hour just to get to work or a half hour or, you know, you look at the average commute deal and then you do that and then you got to, you know, go to lunch and you got to take your coffee or your smoke or your bathroom breaks in the middle. And then while you're running to the coffee machine, you talk or copy or coffee machine, you know, somebody grabs you and asks you a question. Pretty soon you've kind of wasted it. Then you got lunch and stuff like that. And and all I'm telling you is that they, they say that, believe it or not, people that work from home put in real time. Is what they're calling it, yeah. which means, Good you know point. what, I'm not distracted or bugged by anybody I'm working. And then the question becomes, well, how do you know if somebody's working, you know, not just sloughing off at home and hanging out? Well, usually what you do is you turn to project-based analysis. Kurt, you don't just need to babysit somebody by the hour. Why do we think by the hour is the only way to gauge if somebody's working? Let me give you an example. Kurt Crosby sets up a honey table at 8 a.m. He goes home at 6 p.m. I don't need to know that he worked from 8 to 6 nor do I care that he worked from 8 to 6. The bottom line is he's going to give, what, his wife a big old bunch of deposits, Kurt? Yeah. And you can gauge the deposits, and that'll tell you, you know, if Kurt's, you know, working or what's going on. 
Now, you might say if the deposits are low, you're thinking he's not working. And, you know, there's ebbs and flow of days. But you can monitor that, not just single case file deal, but kind of portfolio style where you say, you know, I don't care if there's an up or a down day. The average is this. Kurt's working. Okay, that's one way is to change the hours to dollars and figure that out. The other way is projects based. You know, if I say to you, Sam, your job over the next couple of weeks as an IT consultant is to write up best practice for IT in our corporation, to write up a security policy, to write up a, uh, you know, an IT manual for our company, a a best practice, how we're going to handle our devices and whose devices they are and what's allowed and not allowed on the device and write up documentation about you know, how the Internet can and can't be used at our corporation and what happens if you violate some of these policies. And and I come back with a 35-page document that's well-written, that's organized with a table of contents. And, you know, I've got your book ready in several weeks. Then you go, oh, Sam must be working. Right? Or if you've got 25 new employees and you need to get them all new computers and get their computers installed and get the software, you know, all set up with virus protection and anti-malware and put all the different business productivity tools on the systems. And, you know, and, and then I report on each one of them as I, hey, you know what, today we got these two guys set up and tomorrow we got these two. Pretty soon I don't, I don't need to worry about Sam's hours. I don't care if Sam goes to lunch. I don't care. All I'm telling you is I, I need these people cranked up. And so you can use these, quote, deliverables, Kurt, and project-based and or dollar-based um, determiners as well. I don't got to worry about my sales guy out in the field um, as long as he's bringing in the dollars. I don't need to worry about my IT guy as long as he's setting up the people and manning a support desk. And you can um, have the support guys at the support desk turn in number of trouble tickets. How many tickets did you get? How many tickets did you resolve? And there's a gazillion ways to track remote performance, Kurt, without babysitting somebody's hours. Uh, another way people are starting to do it is they're starting to use these Slack tools. Are you familiar with Slack, Kurt? Well, we used to have slack when you were like uh, roping, uh, you know, oh, you Kurt, got come your on horse now. and then this you is got digital your cow slack. It's a computer slack. program you install. Oh, okay. And it's All basically right. a modern chat tool and so everybody can see each other on Slack and they can, you know, text back and forth and call back and forth and have video conferencing and everything and uh, Slack you can see people on Slack. And so if you reach out to somebody and just keep an eye on their Slack and they're, you know, logged in and then you Slack them and they respond quickly, you can be pretty assured they're sitting at their computer at their desk or somewhere where they're paying attention to you. And so there's all kinds of modern tools and it's gotten so good with these telecommuting, Kurt. And telecommuting is kind of an outdated term because what does a telephone have to do with it? But anyway, I digress. Um, it's gotten so good that people almost prefer a tele-meeting to a real meeting, Kurt. I'll give you an example. I sat down with some people the other day in a real meeting, and they're like, well, do you have a big screen we can put up and see each other's computers? And someone's like, well, no, we don't. And so everybody was on their own computers. It was very hard for everybody to communicate and to do things. And so people started standing up and looking over people's shoulders and stuff to try to see what the math equations were in the Excel spreadsheet they were you know, changing. And it was like, are you kidding me right now? Well, believe it or not, what they did is they turned on Zoom. I recommended they turn on Zoom. And Zoom is a teleconferencing software or video conferencing software. It's free for most people, and then it's very inexpensive for the few that... It that, used to be a serial, didn't it? Um, Zoom? No. Yeah. Oh, maybe Zoom was a serial? Else. I was thinking it was huh. like I, a, I was thinking Zoom know, was a modem in the old Kind of ground up, you know. Man, anyway, but hard. so what happened is these people all on Zoom, and then they all muted their computers because they were in the same room, so they didn't need the audio part. But then they were able to see each other's screens. 
and they didn't need to look over each other's shoulders. And then you can use these little pointers and point at formulas on the screen and different things. And pretty soon they were sitting there together teleconferencing or video conferencing because it was better. And so now people that used to call for meetings in person are like, hey, can we just, you know, jump on a Zoom real quick? I'm like, absolutely. Good idea. And so they're starting to, believe it or not, find that some of these telecommuting tools, some of these video conferencing um, tools and things are better than even being in person, Kurt. Because you've got more control. I can show my screen and then I can press a button and let you show your screen. And then we can have no screen. And then somebody can digitally press a button and raise their hand. And I can say, hey, you got a question? And I mean, it's actually amazing what can be done now, Kurt. Mm -hmm. There you go. And so Zoom, just so you know, it's called Zoom.us. It's one of the best video conferencing services there is that's inexpensive. I don't get any money for Zoom. Okay, I'm just telling you about it because I use it every day. And all I'm telling you is if you have one-on-one meetings, they're free. So two locations or two people, and it could be two rooms. It could be a couple of people on each end. It doesn't matter. Um, can have a conference yeah. as long as they want, as much as they want for free. The second you add a third person, the conference for free limits at 40 minutes. And then you have to disconnect and reconnect. However, if you pay $15 a month, Kurt, or $150 a year, now you can have up to 99 people in your room all the time. With no restrictions, if you're the host. And you can turn the screen over to other people. And I mean, it just doesn't get cheaper than that. Most laptops have a camera already on them. If that's not good enough for under 100 bucks, you can buy a killer camera, um, a, a video conferencing camera. Um, we've even got this thing called the Conference Owl, Kurt. That's a little device. Conference you sit, Owl. Yeah, it's a little device you sit in the middle like of your a, table. Woo-hoo. Well, that's what they call it. And I'll tell you, you'll see why in a second. Okay. But what happens is it's got speakers all around this circular device that sits in the middle of the table. And it's got microphones all around it. And what happens is this little owl literally points the camera. So it it, it has the ability to detect where the sound's coming from when I talk or when you talk around this conference table. And it literally points the camera at me or you, depends on who's talking. So the camera, this little owl camera is going around and around and around based on who's talking. Wow. And so literally the remote people can see who's talking in the room, Kurt. Okay, there's all kinds of incredible yeah. devices available now. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Liberty Roundtable Live in Seconds, Sam and Kurt on your radio. Hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before. News the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the Liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. Or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's libertynewsradio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. Scott Bradley here. 
Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Yeah, and just so people can learn about the owl that I talked about on the radio, it's at a place called owllabs.com. How do you interact? And um, all I'm telling you is it's pretty cool. Bringing teams together for better work is what they claim. Owl Labs is a 360 degrees digital camera that literally can detect audio, and you can watch a video and see how it works if you go to Owl Labs. And they say the device is brilliant in every way. I've got one, Kurt, not personally, but I bought one for a, a, a company that I consult for, and it's actually really cool. So you just sit there, buddy, and different people talk, and the owl literally moves the camera and points to whoever the heck's talking, and all the remote people see uh, what's going on. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, and you can do this through Zoom and other conferencing services. I just find the um, Zoom conferencing service to be one of the best and the least expensive. But it's amazing. They call it a 360-degree video for mere, near face-to-face exper- experience. Not sure Al's right for you. Connect distributed teams at the meeting owls. Those things cost like uh, 800 bucks a piece, though, so it's a little bit of expensive. But if you're talking about a conference room uh, and or multiple locations or something like that, if you have an office in Sydney, Australia, and an office in, uh, you know, L.A. and one in New York or something like that, three locations, 2400 bucks, and you guys can all be on the meeting owl from your conference rooms, and everybody can see everybody. Makes you feel like the country song. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody well, calls and then, you know, you can save the planet. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, because you didn't fly around. Uh, well, know, the owl just flew into your company, you're buddy. You're doing the coronavirus, um, you know, two-step deal. You know, yeah, I heard that. Just, By the way, did you hear that uh, the Corona Beer Company is doing great? Sales are up because of the coronavirus, Kurt? No, I didn't. But, yeah. uh, I'm not surprised. It's yeah, some were debating if sales are going to be up or down. and They're up, buddy. All right. Um, People are uh, voting with their feet, Kurt. And uh, this is kind of an interesting story. And I think it'll increase the telecommuting reality even more. Well, yeah. You're talking about Americans uh, voting with their feet to head into low-tax states. Yes, sir. Yeah, this you know, and I guess there's some people that are surprised about this, but I, not I me. Just, it's just like a no-brainer. It's just I like mean, it's, it's like if you could buy a product at one place, and and then there's another store that opens up, and it's half the price. I mean, why wouldn't you go there? You know, uh, I mean, 
especially many times you you know in these lower tax states i think the quality of life's better because of course you you got more of your own money uh but anyway uh yeah their americans are still uh continuing to vote with their feet heading to low tax states uh you know you've got um I mean, of course, places like New York and California, seeing the exodus, places like uh, Utah, Calif- or I mean, uh, Texas, others that are seeing the influx. Uh, well, you know, Utah's and, becoming a tech center, you know. too. It's called Silicon Slopes now, right, Kurt? Yes, I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's going to be more and more that way, and I submit to you more and more telecommuting will be happening as a result, you know. They say the ones with the largest population losses in 2019 were New York. Uh, they lost almost 77,000 residents in Illinois, which lost 51,000 uh, plus. Uh, they say they, uh, New York and Illinois, which is, of course, home to Chicago, have some of the highest tax burdens in America. Uh, their policy mistakes are costing them dearly, they say. Yeah, that's two cities literally in one year. Decent-sized cities, too, Kurt. Bigger than the city I live in. Compared to the city I live in, between the two of them, it's like four cities, right? Yeah, they say the uh, moving away from the large states, a quartet of low-tax states, Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, and Utah led the way this past year in terms of overall population growth as a percentage of their population. And by the way, let that be a page in the playbook of current politicians in these four states to even get more aggressive, Kurt. Well, and those states all touch, Sam. You got Idaho, Nevada, Arizona, and Utah. I mean, at least Utah's almost like right in the middle of them. Just above us is Idaho. Uh, just to the west, Nevada. South is Arizona. So, you know. Uh, anyway, that's interesting to me to see. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, but again, I just expect it to continue. Whether we're talking about the uh, telecommuting or whether we're talking about the fleeing with your feet to a lower taxed state, I think you're going to see more of both of those coming on, buddy. And I couldn't be happier yeah. about it either. All right, black voters. Now, these are a special kind of voters, and I don't know why they're pointing out the black kind of voter. Is a, you know, I think all votes are equivalent, but that's just me. They say black voters turn their backs on Mike Bloomberg during church service. Kurt, what's up with that? Well, so here's in the picture that I saw on this, uh, you had uh, Mike Bloomberg basically speaking in church. Uh, and I've never really seen this, but, you know, I guess it just happened, uh, you know, because it seemed like the old days uh, IRS was telling churches they had to keep separate from any political Well, they do thing, if they're but, conservative, Kurt. If they're liberal, they don't. See, Barack and Jeremiah Wright were tied at the hip, right? Nobody cared. Yeah, it seemed like it. So it's uh, only the conservatives that that applies to. Mini Mike's not too conservative, buddy. Yeah, and so um, while he was there, he's just basically standing up at the pulpit speaking, and then you've got a picture of these, uh, you know, I I guess there's some uh, pretty, um, uh, I don't know, leading black people uh, in that congregation that were just standing up and just facing the other direction and the picture i saw even had well some white people at least one that i could see you know in the picture so you know anyway um yeah they're saying hey they're not really for bloomberg what would you do if mike spoke at your church kurt well i'd probably 
take the day off or something. Yeah. Like so you. That. So yeah. here's what I find interesting. They're like, oh, black people are turning their backs on Bloomberg. I think conservatives are turning their backs on Bloomberg, Kurt. I think that's the yeah. real story here. It isn't a black versus white discussion. I wouldn't be interested in having Bloomberg speak to me in my church either. I didn't go to church for that. I went to church to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and take the sacrament and, you know, feel the spirit and everything. And I mean, you know, I'm not interested in Bloomberg being there. Now, if he wants to sit down beside me and listen and learn, okay, it's fine. Yeah, they were saying this speech he was given was the uh, something to commemorate the 55th anniversary of what's called Bloody Sunday. Uh, I can't really tell you a lot about it, but this was in a church in Selma, Alabama. Uh, they call it a historically black church. Well, you don't know about the historics uh, in Selma, Kurt? Well, it's a big old civil rights bit, town, buddy. But, uh, and that's, so that was the 55th anniversary of when they... Uh, had the big fight or the yeah. war or whatever. That's right. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. raised a whopping $46.5 million in February, Kurt. What is he going to do with it? Well, they say he's going to spend money on the TV guys, and and that's how he's going to get some, I guess you could say, um, some what nice coverage if you will you think know, he'll do it now or do you think he'll just melt in the the face of uh, biden now? well he i don't know for sure but i guess he bought uh ads in nine states uh so maybe that was part of the whole uh, uh super tuesday thing yeah uh, i don't know i know I mean, this um you know what they shut down bernie but bernie usually doesn't just go away and give up he pretty much fights till the very end and you know yeah, like point. or dislike Bernie's politics, I commend him for his grit, at least, Kurt. Well, I mean, you know, there's the old phrase, "Mother's uh, money's the mother's milk of politics. But uh, politicians, <laughs> you know, they want to go after the money. And there's a lot of money to be had there, uh, either for Bernie or for, uh, you know, like his wife. When uh, when they make those ad buys of that $46.5 million, typically she's going to bring in like 15% of it herself, you know, as a commission. And so, uh, you know, it can be pretty... That's always pretty nice, say, especially lucrative. when things don't go right at the end. At least we got a golden parachute going on there now. Well, you know, 10% is for you know, almost $5 million, So uh-huh. she could bring in seven, know, seven million or $8 million or something. Yeah, yeah, no problem. She might share it with Bernie, you know. <laughs> Good point. Maybe they'll invest in Liberty News Radio. Uh, you don't think Bernie would be doing that? On that? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Federal funds are used to research hate speech on Gab. Kurt? I was going to ask you about this, Sam. Well, I you know mean, what Gab is I first? I know that Gab is a, it's a opposite of, or it's something like Facebook. Is that right? No, it's a com- competitor to Twitter. Twitter. Okay, sorry. But yeah, I knew it's, it was uh, you one know, of very those similar. ones, you know. Uh, now don't get okay. don't I don't want you technical people to call me and say, No, Sam, technically there's a bunch of differences. Okay, I understand. Okay, just stop. I'm just telling you the best way to describe it is it's close to Twitter in terms of the way you interact on Gab and everything else. And what happened is when Twitter started cutting everybody off from their feed, Kurt, <laughs> then everybody started going to Gab. Well now they say all the white supremacists are controlling Gab, Kurt. So that's why you need federal funds to research all the hate speech on there, buddy. Oh, okay. See? Yeah, they say um, um, they they title it um, the Gab Hate Corpus. Um, 
and they say it's a collection of 27,000 posts annotated for hate speech, they say. Uh, this project involved over a dozen researchers and was sponsored by funds from the National Science Foundation, a federal body, another one of your you know federal tax dollars at work, that distributes taxpayer money to fund scientific research, including social sciences. Um, they say, uh, you know, this guy's an Obama appointee, France A. Cordova, and his uh, budget for 2020 was increased by 2.5% on the previous year, up to $8.28 billion. Uh, part of that taxpayer money, it seems, is now going to study hate speech on Gab. Um, they Where's say, Donald to uh, shut that down, Kurt? <laughs> good point. Sure now, I still get caught up in this. I don't understand what hate speech is, Kurt. Yeah, good point. They say Gab has over 3 million visitors, users, and customers off from around the world. Uh, fastest growing markets are in the United States, India, and Spain. Uh, they say for years now, yellow journalists and shoddy researchers have consistently cherry-picked individual users or small groups on our site in an effort to discredit our mission which is to protect the First Amendment online and empower everyone to speak freely. So stop, securely. stop, stop. If you're yeah. going to empower everyone to speak freely, how are they, um, what were they, a problem to the First Amendment, Kurt? What were they, uh, destroying the well, mission? I don't get it. Um, this is the this is the owners or whatever. Yeah, but the owners uh, are saying we don't like this speech and we're for everybody's free speech, but we don't like this speech. This speech is in conflicting with our mission to defend all speech. Well, I think um, I'm confused. This study, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm I'm sure what they're looking at, Sam, is they see that these uh, federal bureaucrats have a lot of power and uh, and a lot they of can cash. Basically, shut them down if they want. You know. Well, all I know is this: if you're really for free speech for all, what about that speech you don't like, Kurt? You know, what if somebody gets on there and says, "I the hate all black people"? Important thing to support, right? Well, what if somebody says, "I hate all black people" on their church? Should they have the right to say that? And then they say somebody else says, "I hate all white people," and, and then somebody else says, "I, I hate all just, blind people" because they don't even know the know. difference between white and black people. And you know, there you go. Yeah. What do you do yeah, to that? What do you do for that? You want to know what I do? I disagree, but I defend their right. And I advocate for my cause, and I open up the channels of communication for talk and discussion, and I hope through kind, gentle, appropriate, persistent persuasion, I can educate them to the truth. That's what I do. That's what I hope. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable. We declare this nation shall endure. Hour two coming up.